Welcome to the Refresh and Restore Weekly Devotion, brought to you by JustKeithHarris.com. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you are refreshed and restored through our Bible study today. Welcome to this week's Refresh and Restore podcast. We're in our sixth week of the But God series. Got one left after this one. And our passage of scripture for today is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 23. And here's what the word of the Lord says. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not one of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not merely being human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast in men. For all things are yours, whether Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future, all are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. 
Greetings, Sojourner. Our But God series is about to come to a close next week. It's been good for us to look at how God interjects himself into our lives, into our timelines, to change our futures as only he can. If we're saved, it's only because he brought us from death to life. We can look back on our lives and see how we were once following after the course of this world and spiritually dead, but God made us alive and gave us eternal life. Had God not interrupted our life with his grace, his mercy, and his love, we'd still be dead and without hope. If we're followers of God, there have been and will be more and more in our future situations that are difficult. There have been and will be battles and sorrows and tribulations and trials and even suffering, but God stays true to himself and promises to care for those who are his. Yet with all the but God moments in our lives, we seem to suffer from spiritual amnesia. We allow good times and seeming successes to fool us into thinking that we got here because of our own efforts, like we worked our way here on our own steam. In our amnesia, we rewrite our history to make ourselves the hero. And sometimes, our rewriting our narrative, our story, makes others the heroes of our spiritual journey. But while God definitely does use people, his people, to meet the needs of others and point people to him, there's no hope in human effort unless God himself interjects and his power comes into the situation. Paul, Apollos, or Jesus. When I wrote this, it was Columbus Day, or uh, was it Indigenous Peoples Day, or maybe it's the day we're supposed to remember that the Vikings landed centuries before Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492, and probably we also need to remember that the Native Americans were, well, here before because they were already Native See, there seems to be a discrepancy in who we attribute this holiday to or what we're supposed to be remembering. But yet no one protests by going to work. Today's passage shows that there were people whose testimonies, that's a church word that means one's personal testimony regarding how they once were lost sinners, but God saved them. You see, we see these personal testimonies had attribution problems. Rather than sharing what God had done in their lives, they argued over the celebrity preachers of their day, Apollos versus Paul. Thankfully, Paul sets a good precedent for us in that he only seeks to glorify Jesus and the work done by Jesus' Holy Spirit to bring people to the Father. Paul genuinely believed what he wrote to the church at Galatia in chapter 6, verse 14, where he says, But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. 
Paul reminds the Corinthian church in today's passage of their spiritual immaturity and highlights that their problems aren't spiritual, but merely human. I love the way that Paul explains it and the way his questions show how ridiculous it is to even consider himself or Apollos in regard to salvation. He asks, what then is Apollos? What's Paul? He then answers those rhetorical questions with the fact that they're just servants and that they are nothing compared to Christ. See, when the church at Corinth had testimony issues, Paul chose to remind them more about what Jesus had done than in his human meager efforts in serving Christ and spreading his gospel. He doesn't defend his efforts. He also doesn't diminish Apollos' work either. He simply seeks to magnify Jesus. One of them planted the gospel through preaching. Sure. The other one watered the seed through additional preaching and discipleship. Absolutely. But the only sure thing in the entire equation was the sun's light to the sowing and the watering. And that shows how God himself gave the growth. Paul continues on to discuss the work of Christ in making believers his temple and how that temple is built up through the effort of God's servants, yet the attribution remains consistent. Followers of Christ carry out the mission that God has given them, but God alone saves. God alone brings people from death to life. God alone blesses the work and grows believers into the image of his Son. What about us? It would be very easy to turn all of this around and make it all about us. Our problems, our difficulties, our spiritual mistakes and foolishness. But I want to zero in on what Paul shared with the church at Corinth. But God gave the growth. As you look at your life and think through your testimony, to whom do you attribute the spiritual growth in your life? Maybe you look back at your life and you find a string of your own efforts and failures instead of seeing the hand of God working things out. You may even find that you don't have a testimony because you might not be saved or born again, regenerated in Christ. In that case, rejoice because the seed of the gospel has already been planted. Someone preached, you listened. Hopefully you feel God's Spirit convicting your heart of sin and drawing you toward His grace and His mercy and His love through what God has done for you in Jesus, through His substitutionary death on the cross, through His resurrection in the empty tomb and the fact that He's seated at the right hand of the Father. If that's the case, all you've got to do is what it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. Once a lost sinner cries out to God 
praying for him to save them, their testimony begins with that but God moment. Maybe you are saved, but you found yourself caught up in what you've done and what others have done. We've got to remember that just as our works can't save us, our works and efforts can't save others either. We can't follow after celebrity and find the same solace as following Christ. We can't celebrate plans and methods over trusting God to complete his saving work as only he can because even the best of human wisdom, as much as we might try to redeem it, is folly with God. Rather than boast in men, let us boast in Christ and what he's done. And when we see God's people doing God's work, let's rejoice in him all the more that he's working through his people. That those who once were dead in their trespasses and sins are now living and working through the new life that God gave them in Christ. So this week, as you go through life, be thankful for the work of the Apolloses and Pauls and Cephases in your own life. Be thankful for those who pointed you to Jesus. There are more in my life than I could hope to mention, but they don't want their names listed here. Many of them have gone on from this world and are now worshiping him, the same Savior they pointed me toward with their words and their lives. Hopefully, you'll get to plant the seed of the gospel in some lives this week, or you'll get to water some that have been planted by others. Most importantly, I hope we get the opportunity to point some people to Jesus, who's so wonderful that those who find him will forget about us entirely. As for me, I want to live like this quote from a guy named Count Nicholas Zinzendorf who I know absolutely nothing about except for this one quote, preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. You see, I want to be forgotten because I pale in comparison to the one I seek to point to. Yet I long to be remembered by him when I come into his kingdom because he loved me and gave himself up for me. Hallelujah. And amen. We thank you again for listening. You can find the written copy of this devotion, complete with links to the scripture passages that were cited throughout, on our website, justkeithharris.com, as well as other writings, projects, and Bible studies. Refresh and Restore is based out of Peter and John's sermon in Acts 3 and 4, specifically Acts chapter 4, verses 19 through 21, where Peter says, Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Unless otherwise noted, all scripture passages are cited from the English Standard Version. JustKeithHarris.com is affiliated with Christ Community Church in Grenada, Mississippi. And if you would like to contact us, you may do so through our website. <music>